0: You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Brian Burke, Vice President of Marketing for Seco Logistics. The next revolution in logistics may already be here with a considered shift from mining the supply chain side of retail operations and instead focusing on creating value for the customers on the demand side of the chain. E-commerce has forced retailers to re-engineer the way they do business, and the result of that, the advent of demand chain management. Brian Burke of Seco Logistics joins us to explain how the new way to shop may now be all about the shopper. Joining us again on the Inbound Logistics podcast is Brian Burke of Seco Logistics. Brian, thank you so much for coming back to join us.
1: Thank you again for having me. It's
0: always great to have you. You're one of our favorite guests. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about something that uh, you're boldly calling the next revolution in logistics, uh, demand chain management. Before we do that, can you give us a quick nickel tour about who you are and what you do with Seco?
1: Sure. Uh, My name is Brian Burke. I'm the Vice President of Marketing for Seco Logistics. We are a a freight forwarder, a 3PL, and uh, what you'll hear today is we are a demand chain logistics provider.
0: Excellent. So, demand chain logistics. Now, a rather broad overview from what I understand. Demand chain management shifts the focus from the relatively siloed aspects of the supply chain, and kind of moves that over to a more holistic approach that puts emphasis on creating value for the customer. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. It's truly a revolution right now. I mean, you know, in the retail space in particular, over the past 15 years, let's say, um, there's been a revolution uh, that's been led by uh, e-commerce and uh, e-commerce has really um, you know forced a lot of retailers and consumer brands to rethink their entire supply chains uh, because you know for 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 a lot of folks if, if only 5% of your sales was e-commerce Um, you didn't necessarily have to re-engineer everything uh, to better accommodate fulfilling each's uh, and fulfilling uh, parcels versus, uh, you know, pallets and uh, wholesale orders uh, into either retail stores or DCs. Um, But when e-commerce becomes closer to 40% of your uh, overall sales, um, you know, that that rethink was was necessary. and, And a lot of retailers and a lot of brands uh, went through that. Um, And of course, you also had the advent of these pure play online retailers that only uh, sold online. They did not have any physical presence, so they were 100% e-commerce. And so they also changed the game and they were part of the revolution. But what we're seeing now is a focus on uh, truly the customer or the consumer, um, where the power Uh, And the influence has shifted uh, from the retailer to the the, the consumer itself. So um, the consumer has uh, rising expectations for um, transparency, uh, for uh, service level, Um, for delivery options. Um, You know, it it really is a revolution and it's being led by the consumer and retailers are having to uh, revisit again, go back to the whiteboard and redesign their supply chains in a way that has demand or the consumer at the heart or at the core of everything that they're planning. And so that's why we're, we're, we're really explaining the shift that's occurring right now um, across multiple sectors, and that is this, uh, th- this hyper-focus, this obsession with uh, making sure that the, uh, the delivery experience in particular is a frictionless one uh, and is a, uh, a branded one, and is ultimately a good experience.
0: Mm. Now, the customer is always right, has always been a tenant of retail. When does that become though a case of the inmates running the asylum? <laughs> uh
1: you know that that's a that's a good point because you know ultimately at the end of the day you know if you look at where we were 20 years ago um we were all in home delivery we just didn't know it because you know we would go to the store and are on our own uh we would pick up items and purchase them and bring them back to our home on our own you know whether via car via train via bus uh you know that that was really just the nature of how things happened and so um you know transportation Networks were optimized for this type of distribution, where uh, you know 3PLs, carriers, forwarders were uh, focused on getting product into DCs and getting product into stores. Now, when you add this kind of uh, extra leg, uh, what we call the final mile, or even in some cases the final steps, um, you know, it does create an incredibly fragmented transportation network um, not just in the united states but all around the world and um, that does create challenges uh you know so uh, you know there is there are physical limitations to where this goes of course uh so i don't think it will be necessarily uh uh, the case of you know the uh, the inmates running the asylum, so to speak, uh, because it's not like we can have a million square foot foot uh, warehouses next to every home um, to be able to fulfill automatically anything that you would ever need. um There were physical restrictions on what is possible, um, but I don't think that we're quite there yet in in really you know achieving um the the optimal uh, delivery framework for for all items, I, I do know that you know retailers are still struggling with uh, understanding um, you know what is the uh, appetite uh, or the budget or the demand for kind of same day uh, or next day. Uh, Service levels for products and for items. Um, I I know it's a constant uh, struggle to calculate total landed cost um, when you have, um, for example, in the United States, a very uh, large distribution of population. And so a two day delivery can mean something uh, incredibly different depending on the size, volume, commodity. And distance traveled, and so how do you accommodate for all those factors when um, trying to get to a total landed cost per SKU? Um, these are definitely challenges as we look at uh, different delivery frameworks. For example, um, one of them is you know buy online, pick up in store, BOPIS that has become uh, incredibly, uh, incredibly popular and is a very fast-growing channel for many retailers uh, because it leverages, you know, the the physical uh, footprint and assets that they have. Uh, It gets consumers into the store to potentially upsell on additional items, uh, but it also adds the convenience of shopping online. Uh, So it's kind of the best of all worlds, and you see a huge increase in this uh, for for many retailers. And and so, you know, it's... It's not necessarily the 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 inmates running the asylum. I think it's more about listening to the consumer, listening to what the customer wants. Um, you know, even uh, you know, with, with uh, different generations, we have of course different buying uh, patterns. But even look at the uh, millennial generation or Generation Z. You know, experiences are, are they still matter? You know, showrooms are still important. Retail spaces. Uh, provide value in the purchasing decision of anyone, regardless of age, and so the physical aspects of retail uh, will simply evolve, and the the evolution will accelerate. Um, things will change faster. Um, it will be similar to what we've seen in fast fashion. You know, it's not like we have a spring line and a fall line anymore. We have new lines every other week, uh, and that's, that's, again, that's listening to the consumer, listening to the customer. And with the advent of social media, um, you know, the, the, the listening part actually becomes easier. Um, it's just making sure that you are listening. That's the, that, that's the key. Um, and because ultimately they're, they're, they're your customers and listening to what they want, what they will pay for. Um, and then, of course, understanding what's possible either with your physical networks with your partners and carriers uh, and of course with uh, um, you know the limitations uh, of time and space that creates uh, you know either bottlenecks or you know opportunities for improvement um, in, in any organization.
0: All right now when you're talking about reengineering and and physical restrictions, how large of an impact are we talking about for retailers when they have to look at all of this stuff and uh, rethink the way that they do things?
1: So I'll give you an example. In a traditional supply chain model, um, you know, you're, you're talking about an environment where you have potentially a 180-day lead time uh, between, you know, uh, when there are, you know, samples uh, that are, you know, passed between the vendor and the retailer, um, purchase orders that are issued purchase order change, changes, raw material availability. Then you get into production, you get, you know, into the manufacturing process, the first batch inspection, testing, documentary and regulatory compliance. Um, You know, you you get X factory dates. uh, And then, of course, you have the shipping events and, you know, you're shipping on the water. And uh, that could be, you know, anywhere between 30 and 45 days, depending on where the items are coming from around the world. Um, And then, of course, destination events, you have, you know, uh, inbound, um, you know, customs clearance, pre-arrival, um, uh, customs inspection, container release, deconsolidation, delivery to DC, um, putting into inventory in a DC, um, uh, cross-docking, unloading, uh, you know, picking, ordering, and uh, you know, uh, pick-pack and shipping uh, out to the customers. So that. That whole process in a traditional supply chain network, where you're sourcing from um, countries uh, particularly in Asia, but it could be you know Latin America, it could be um, europe uh, and and you know ultimately you have one hundred and eighty days uh, but um, the demand chain thinking is accelerating that entire. Uh, lead time process, um, where air freight is becoming uh, more prominent because you you just need to move product faster. Um, You're looking at, um, you know, people uh, eliminating the entire need for a distribution center um, because with with subscription models, with e-commerce, you're getting better data, um, you're getting better forecasting, and you can better match forecasting uh, to your supply and then ultimately to your demand and so you're you're looking at kind of this just in time uh fulfillment process um where you know if you are a retailer or brand and you have Uh, one DC that covers the entire United States, Um, the old way of thinking, the supply chain way of thinking uh, with 180-day lead times, that worked. Um, And um, you did not have to think about next-day shipping or same-day shipping or two-day shipping. Um, But that's that's been broken or that is being broken. Um, And so uh, retailers and brands are looking at how can they... Uh, achieve a next-day or same-day delivery network, and that often requires either paying express rates uh, with one DC or opening up multiple DCs uh, either on their own or through 3PL uh, providers and partners. Um, That is happening all over the place. I mean, you're seeing warehouses being built in uh, places like Brooklyn and Manhattan, where previously they were built in, um, you know, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, or Kansas City. Uh, So uh, it's changing everything. And uh, um, it's having a huge impact on uh, the 3PL industry. It's having a huge impact, especially in the retail industry. Um, But also brands themselves uh, are taking note of this demand chain thinking model because now, um, with the, the, the fact that they can set up their own storefront and shopping cart and website, um, and, you know, integrate their own e-commerce platform into their own inventory, they can sell directly to consumers online as well. Uh, and they can even, uh, open up their own stores and, and retail footprints. And, uh, so you're seeing brands, uh, branch out beyond just their traditional retail sales channels. Uh, So if you sell widgets, uh, you could open up a widget showroom and sell your widgets directly online, in addition to selling them now on marketplaces, and also, of course, your traditional retail channels. um, It is uh, is a bit of a wild, wild west in some regards, because there um, there doesn't seem to be one uh, rule anymore on how to be successful. There are a number of rules depending on the commodities the categories the products you're, you're shipping and and what the consumer expectations are today which of course could be different
0: 12 months from now so what kind of impact does this have for for manufacturers or or, or does it impact them at all
1: well you know uh, th- that blends into a bit on the consumer brands themselves because it gets closer to the manufacturing process but but you know this even uh, has implications uh, into um, the you know, medical devices or B2B uh, goods like uh, forklifts and, um, you know, uh, trash cans and chairs uh, for offices. Um, the, the, the same uh, individuals that are purchasing these items in a B2B world are also consumers. And so you're seeing the same trends bleed into the B2B world. And so it is affecting manufacturers because they're having to create Um, uh, more frictionless ways to do business because ultimately it becomes a competitive differentiator. If I have to fax my order in and I have a lead time of 180 days, but then I go to another company and if I'm buying a, you know, purchasing a medical device and I can do it from my smartphone uh, and I can get it, you know, in two days, I mean, there's a competitive differentiation that's happening because manufacturers are even taking note and understanding that, yes, they can listen as well to their customers and their clients, uh, and they can they can see that there are ways that they can improve their transportation networks uh, and to be more in the in the the mindset of demand chain thinking. Um, it's still re-engineering a supply chain, and so there's supply chain uh, methodology and the, uh, supply chain you know books that are out out there uh today they they still have merit, they still have value. There's still people with supply chain in their titles and supply chain departments. So I don't want to dismiss uh the, the fact that, that these networks that have been built are, are gonna be completely uh, replaced. That's not the case. They're they're simply speeding up. Uh and and they're becoming um easier and more frictionless to do business with. And so uh, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. If any company out there only does EDI integration and only takes their orders via fax, <laughs> um, you know those are the companies that you hear about that are going bankrupt. Uh, you know that, that's it's just the case, and so it's not just in the retail world; it's also in the manufacturing space.
0: Okay, so uh, regarding the the faxes, um, it sounds like the the whole shift requires a, a pretty impactful uh, investment in technologies. So, uh, what kind of technologies are are businesses going to need to pay attention to as this continues to roll on?
1: You know, you, you could uh, probably expect me to say something like drones or, <laughs> uh, you know, some other type of, uh, you know, blockchain technology. But ultimately, you know, what's driving um, a lot of this is is the smartphone. Um, the smartphone has created uh, an environment where uh, people can post online and so you have social listening um, they can complain, they can escalate issues related to deliveries, um, but ultimately they can also purchase. Uh, there's a lot of demand being generated directly from smartphones. And, and you know, so smartphones in and of themselves have become the most transforma- uh, transformative technology um, in, in this kind of demand chain focus um, because, you know, y- you have now people purchasing items on their phones uh, not just in the B2C space, but also in the B2B space, uh, you have uh, manufacturers engaging with their clients via their smartphones. Uh, you have freight forwarders and 3PLs designing portals uh, like ours that are mobile, accessible, and mobile optimized. Um, and uh, you know, you, you have smartphones really driving this. But it also, smartphones are also changing the definition of what visibility means and what transparency means and and this is you know you, I think the most layman's uh, you know term or example that everyone can probably relate to is is the Uber or, or uh, Lyft experience for um hailing a, 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 you know shared transportation uh you know that that is uh light years ahead of and the experience is uh, you know incredibly different from Um, calling uh, a taxi cab number uh, and, you know, uh, hoping that they arrive in an hour. No idea of it could be five minutes or it could be an hour. How do you plan your day or how do you plan your trips around that? It's difficult. So now transparency means I know exactly where the driver is. I know exactly how many minutes away they are. I know what cross street they're on. Uh, And I I can text them or call them if I need to, if something changes. That is now the definition of transparency and visibility for even now with deliveries of both parcel and heavy goods. Uh, and it's going to be the, the standard uh, here in, in very short order, not just in the B2C world, but also in the B2B world. Uh, and it's it, it's changing the game completely. So I'd say, uh, you know, smartphones are are really the most impactful technology. As such, companies do need to invest to ensure that mobility of their technology is at the forefront of everything that they're doing. Um, you know, it, legacy systems are becoming more and more of a drag on organizations uh, that are unable to adapt and change uh, f- uh, fast enough to keep up with these accelerating uh, shifts in, uh, in in demand and expectations. Uh, And so, uh, you know, companies that are better able to react and respond and adopt and bolt on technologies that help them achieve uh, these mobility targets and goals, um, those are the organizations that are going to thrive, whether they're retailers, manufacturers, or 3PLs. Uh, And, of course, legacy systems can still be running things in the background, but the front end itself, the engagement, the interaction, the user design, the user experience – that's going to be at the core of, of, of really any uh, transformation uh, that occurs within any organization. So it starts with the smartphone and, and, you know, and who knows what's going to happen with the next generation of smartphones, but I mean, 5g is going to continue to, to change things and it's going to continue to accelerate these shifts because now you're going to have people being able to watch videos a lot more uh, easily. And so, um, a video integration or a video chats uh, as, as a function of customer service uh, with people on their smartphones—that's going to be a part of the process that uh, you know is not being thought about or hadn't been thought about before. Um, it, it really is a, a brave new world in that regard. Um, there are, of course, other of these you know emerging technologies that do become interesting, like uh, the Internet of Things, where you could have. Uh, you know, devices that uh, are connected to warehouses and DCs where fulfillment orders for uh, replenishment parts um, are are done automatically. Uh, you know, I, we, we've talked about that before, but that uh, that has uh, implications into really a demand chain thinking framework because um, you were you literally integrated into demand for just-in-time fulfillment of of items so that you know I use the copier example as the the perfect one because now I don't need to order too much toner I only need to uh, you know purchase a copier from someone that has integrated into their um, you know smart uh, smart copiers the 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 IOT uh, framework for you know fulfillment of toner exactly and only when I need it Uh, and because and I don't have to do anything because it's all automatically done by the copier itself uh, that is demand chain thinking as well. So the Internet of Things is going to be very powerful with the advent of more and more smart devices uh, for fulfillment uh, of spare parts and uh, replenishment uh, and consumables especially, um, like toner. But, you know, you also have uh, AI. You know, AI becomes interesting as well because, uh, you know, you can, you know, that listening aspect becomes Uh, It can help organizations become much more attuned to not only changes in demand, but disruptions in supply that can affect uh, demand. Because the last thing you want to be is out of stock of a popular item, uh, because that will affect your brand and reputation. Um, And the shift to dimension thinking leaves little room for error. And so, uh, you know, AI has potential to help organizations um, navigate through this more nimble world where um, you know their inventory carrying costs are going to be a lot lower, but room for error is going to be uh, a lot thinner.
0: Uh, so uh, we're a long way away then from uh, Star Trek replicators uh, instantly teleporting your stuff to you.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to comment on whether or not we have R&D <laughs> on teleportation as a mode. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> okay. But uh, you know a hey, a hey, you know who knows you know 30 years ago uh you know smartphones were 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 really only uh, uh a blip in the eye of a few uh, tinkers and inventors right and and look at what it's done uh today um probably maybe not teleportation but th- there's going to be something else out there that's going to kind of take take on the world by storm and do so subtly slowly and then and then all of a sudden right because you know cell phones have been around for a while um but it's really the advent of smartphones and the um you know the penetration of smartphones in the cell phone market is what really had uh, and drove the, the the impact with the including with the addition of 3G networks so um you know it it, it takes a a storm a perfect storm of, of factors but uh, the common thread though is it, it it's not like moore's law in technology um where com- computing capacity doubles every year um, it, it's more like a hockey stick. Things are accelerating. This is a logarithmic uh, calculation and equation that we're looking at. Um, and that that forces companies to uh, look at responding and reacting faster and faster um, year after
0: year. Is there an immediate ceiling for uh, the the progress of the demand chain uh, that will kind of keep things uh, even keeled before that hockey stick breaks through it?
1: No, I, I do think the, the, the hockey stick's already started. Uh, it, it's already, you know, it's already happening. Uh, but you, you can look at a few immediate events as kind of, you know, turning points uh, that, um, uh, you know, whether or not they were – I don't think we're seeing tipping point events in and of themselves. Um, but you do see accelerators like uh, – one that sticks out in my mind – uh, and will probably continue to do so uh, in the near future, is um, last year. Um, last year during uh, Black Friday, uh, you you had uh, TV reporters, um, you know, all stationed at malls at, you know, four in the morning uh, the day after Thanksgiving, uh, looking to see what type of chaos was going to happen uh, at, at these stores as they opened the doors. And there was nothing. There was no lines. It was, it was almost as if uh, it was, it was, it was the biggest non-event that had ever occurred since Y2K, um, and it was, it was almost, uh, uh, you know, tongue in cheek because they were simply, you know, videoing cars, you know, pulling in and out of parking lots as if it were any normal shopping day, uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, I, I feel like last that was the last time. That these you know the, this the the Black Friday phenomenon of uh, people rushing stores as they open uh that 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 was the last time that that will ever happen at least in the near term. Now something else may change and a new shift or uh, you know adoption of uh, you know fun showrooms and experiences and deals uh you know could 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 change things again in the future, but uh, it, that seemed like a big big uh, aha moment. I think for a lot of people, for a lot of retailers, for a lot of 3PLs, for a lot of us in this industry that um you know that that may have been a a, a tipping point sign but you know the trends were already occurring throughout the year, you know. So um you know and we're seeing you know e-commerce increase 18% uh, year over year this year, you know that that so it's it's still continuing. It's just the um the 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 the, the new channels of buy online pick up in store, you know that's not captured necessarily in these e-commerce delivery numbers, uh, because it's being delivered to a store, but those retail sales that are occurring in those stores are not being attributed to e-commerce either. So, um, you know, it's, uh, the, 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 the hockey stick is happening and it's being blended with the numbers that we're seeing as well. So, um uh, there's, there's no, um, real, uh, immediacy. It's just a, uh, a factor of, um, uh, a series of events that are occurring, but, uh, the, the, the Black Friday last year, not this year, but last year, really sticks out for
0: me. Brian, uh, fascinating information, as always. Where can our audience go to find out more information about uh, Seco and the next revolution in logistics?
1: Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, our website, secologistics.com, S-E-C-O, logistics, all one word, .com, is where you can find information on uh, uh, demand chain management, but also our solutions related to omni-channel logistics Uh, which talks about these different delivery networks, uh, as well as our white glove solutions and value-added forwarding for retailers and manufacturers to help uh, any organization uh, accelerate faster towards demand chain thinking.
0: Excellent. Enjoy the holidays, Brian.
1: Great. Thanks. You too. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your
0: free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash get IL. That's bit.ly slash get underscore IL and stay ahead of the 3PL game.